Can you guys hear me? Sorry, hold on. 32 super fans. I, I couldn't understand a word that was said. Every angle of the NFL covered. You fired up for that, man? Huh? This. We on go time. We, we still on go. Hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane. This is Next Fan Up. We're live, bro. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Next Fan Up. It is Wild Card Weekend. We are finally here at this point of the season. The regular season is done. 14 teams start with a clean slate. Anything can happen, but we pretty much know how this is all going to play out. Hopefully not the way it's played out last year. Uh, I am James, your Eagles super fan, joined here by a cavalcade of rowdy individuals, starting with some of my longtime cohorts. Neil, our Washington super fan. How are you doing, sir? All right. Good evening, James, uh, gentlemen and listeners. Uh, a little thing for you here, guys. Uh, there's 14 quarterbacks, obviously, starting in these playoffs. How many do you think were drafted out of those 14? Ten. Yeah, you've read the post already. Well of done. course I've read the post yeah. already. <laughs> Ten quarterbacks were drafted, three were traded for, and one was a free agent. Of course, that was Brady. So there you go. The draft is the way forward for your quarterback, James. Uh, absolutely. Let's just hope that um some of these teams hold on to their quarterbacks. I'm speaking to you, Philadelphia. There's no reason to upgrade. He's fine. He's perfectly fine. And uh, you know, there are some other teams in the league that might be looking for a QB. You know, don't 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 say that. Uh, since he's already jumped the line, we have MJ, our Atlanta super fan here. <laughs> How are you doing, MJ? Oh, oh, I'm just looking forward to the offseason to see what moves my dirty birds make. Uh, and I'm also looking forward to some good football this weekend. Since I've got no dog in any fight, it's going to be a great weekend regardless. All right. Our other longtime cohort up to the usual shenanigans, Kevin, our Dallas super fan. How are you, sir? Hello, everyone. I'm pretty good. Just finished the game of Madden online. It got called uh, called Dirty Names by a 17-year-old. Told me I was getting no ass, and uh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing to follow that up with. And Jared, our giant super fan, how, how are you, sir, after this long, tumultuous week? The, the, the hammer finally dropped on your franchise. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm actually uh, I'm happy. Uh, lots of uh, picks in the top 80. New GM coming in. Uh, Hope Springs Eternal. Giants are uh, going to the playoffs next year. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that one, folks. Um, I will let you all know as a bit of housekeeping. Uh, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter at NextFanUp, or you can email us at NextFanUp at gmail.com. And before we get into the news of the week, um, first, I have to issue an apology. And um, <laughs> whether she listens to this or not, I promised her I would do this. I have to apologize to my mom. Um, mom, I'm sorry. Last offseason, I told you the Steelers were going to fall off a cliff and they would finish probably nine and eight and they would miss out on the playoffs. I was wrong. The Steelers are nine, seven and one. And somehow they find themselves playing this weekend. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how they pulled it off. Bubblegum. Duct tape, smoke and mirrors. I, I'm sorry, I was wrong. They made the playoffs. Tomlin will never have a losing season. Wait, you you have you have a mother. I thought uh, I thought you <laughs> wow. were shot against the wall wow. and the sun had to. Wow. 
Neil, this is why your team is always in the news for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, at least we're consistent. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh, my gosh. As for the news of the week, there are officially seven head coaching vacancies. The Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, Jacksonville Jaguars, Denver Broncos, New York Giants, and as of earlier today, 2 p.m. Central Time, to be exact, the Houston Texans. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, who are in the playoffs, I guess we assume the interim tag is not going to stick around and that staff will probably be, be let go. We don't know yet. We'll see what happens after this postseason. And there is rumors of the Seattle Seahawks maybe, maybe not making a coaching change. Um, Jared, since we do have you here and your coach was basically fired a day before we recorded this, though we don't know what took the Giants so long to make this decision, please. The floor is yours about the retiring GM and your coach being fired. Yeah, I don't know why they let him retire. I guess just because of his long tenure. And uh, he did some good things. Uh, but for every good thing he did for the Giants, he kind of did like an almost, not not equally as bad, but he also did a bad thing. But GM's gone, which I'm happy for. I don't really care that he get retired. He's gone. That's all that matters. Um, the GM position is actually a really sweet gig. And I hope that we get a good person for it. So far, the Giants have interviewed four people for the job, which includes uh, people from the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Cardinals. Uh, tomorrow, they're going to be interviewing uh, Titans. And Saturday, which is two days from now, they're going to be interviewing the uh, Ravens, Hortiz. And then next week, they interview uh, the Niners. So someone from one of those front offices is getting the GM job, one of those nine people. And I hope it's uh, uh, Joe. I don't know if I can say his name correctly. Is it Shown or Showin from the Bills? I think it's Showin. Showin. Um, and so he's a guy I hope um, gets hired. And so far from what we've heard from the Giants is he had an exceptionally good interview. So I expect him to be one of the callbacks for the in-person interviews um, in a week and a half, two weeks. That's some good outlook calendar management there, Jared. Yes, I was making sure I wanted to get all my points lined up so I didn't uh, miss a, uh, one of the uh, GM potentials. Uh, head coach is totally up in the air, and they're going to wait until after they hire the GM to deal with that. So we're not going to know until the Super Bowl probably for the for the head coach is, is what I would say. All right, Neil, um, we, we've basically gone through this cycle the last several years. Um, Jared, you also brought it up in our Slack channel. There's currently now, after all these firings, three minorities as head coach currently in NFL, uh, Tomlin, Sala, and um, and Rivera. Tomlin is the only African-American. Uh, Neil, do you think anything changes this hiring cycle? Do you think Eric Bieniemy gets the call? Do you think either the coordinators, Byron Leftwich or Todd Bowles of the Buccaneers get an opportunity? Well, they'll all certainly get interviews, of course. Uh, I hope, James, that, uh, well, I'd like to think positively and think that this, the reason that Flores, uh, Cully, you know, uh, have been removed from post has nothing to do with the color of their skin. But, of course, we know that it, it probably, and it's going to sound really terrible, it it's probably feels easier for owners to uh, to get rid of, of coaches who uh, of color, and that's that's terrible. To say, but I think it's probably a reality that we all kind of know is is, is lurking under the surface there. Uh, in terms of 
I've left, which I think he's got a really good chance uh, of getting of getting a gig somewhere, quite possibly up there uh, with the Jags, uh, with his history there. Uh, in terms of the others, Bowles has had what one shot as a head coach already one. in his career. I'll, I'll- yeah, only one. Yeah. I think it only lasted like three years, yeah. if that long. He I mean, is good, good Jets team, though. I'm just kidding. Is, it was yeah, a good Jets team. He is a brilliant <laughs> defensive coordinator. And I do think there are some guys out there who are brilliant Hall of Fame level coordinators. And they're just, a, they're just not head coaches because it's a completely different job, of course, being a head coach to being a coordinator. And uh, uh, I, I think, uh, well, let's hope so, James. I, I do think the one guy that, that oh, I was so angry with the Dolphins that they got rid of Flores. I thought, yeah, that uh, that was probably the shocker of the coaching cycle this yeah. time around. Is that he got the axe? Absolute shocker. Uh, and I hope he. I mean, he being an ex-Patriots guy, maybe in line in Houston. I don't know. Yeah, his name has been thrown around Chicago. Yeah. Houston. Kevin, I'm watching you right now. Kevin, can you concentrate, please? <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing? And I've got my camera on, and you haven't even said, "Wow, what a great-looking Scots!" Oh damn, I'm sorry. You don't oh, have your camera. Gosh. Oh, okay. Before you it continue is. with there your you love do. fest, Kevin, I I do want to throw it to you. We mentioned the Dolphins, the, and Flores being fired was pretty much the head scratcher. Do you think any of these other firings was a bit of a head scratcher, or were all of the firings pretty much we saw this coming a mile away? David Cully. Yeah, well, like Neil was saying, I wasn't really paying attention. But, um, yeah, David Culley, yeah, I mean, that that wasn't going to last very long. He seemed like, uh, you know, just a sacrificial lamb when he was hired. Um, but, yeah, Flores was was very shocking. I'm surprised. I mean, he, he put up a good fight with the Dolphins this year and last year. Two winning records in a row, I believe. I know our former super fan, Finn's Dolphin super fan Andy was is, is very displeased over this news, and he uh, I haven't spoken to him in a few days. I think he's uh, still trying to 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 grasp of what happened. But yeah, I, I think Flores uh, wanted Watson very badly, and I think there was just a, that caused some bad blood in the line. I don't really know, but yeah, it was very shocking. Shouldn't have been fired. Uh, I know Bears fans want him. I've been seeing a lot of tweets that Bears fans want him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Bears fans are all up in my Twitter timeline. Um, but yeah, sh- very shocking. No, no good reason for Flores to be fired. Um, but the rest of the coaches, McCully is that his name? I don't know. But yeah, McCully, he, he yeah. Pro- he, he, did he deserve to be fired? Probably not. That that roster was a dumpster fire. Probably should have given him another year. But I'm not surprised in the least bit. Um, who else got fired? <laughs> Joe, Joe Judge, he was for that. Oh, day. Joe Judge, yeah, well, we, def- we already covered that. He definitely shouldn't have been fired. He's really no. bringing Daniel Jones along. Um, <laughs> you just I want mean, two easy wins every year. Well, the way he's developed uh, Barkley over the last couple of years, and <laughs> and the work he's he elevated uh, Golladay's game, uh, uh, no end at all. I mean, it was just brilliant. He should have got an extension. As as and Mike yeah, Zip, you know, it's like a pole bowler, pro bowler. So, I mean, he should have uh, yeah. definitely gotten it for that. <laughs> Great kicker. Oh, okay, before you guys go completely off the rails, I want to get MJ in here because MJ, um, Kevin's current defensive coordinator, your former head coach, Dan Quinn, his name has already popped up for multiple mm. uh, interview assignments. The Chicago Bears, the Denver Broncos, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Miami Dolphins uh, all have, you know, interview set up with Dan Quinn uh having gone through that experiment for what Dan Quinn's your coach five or six years there in Atlanta what, what yep. do you think these franchises can expect with him as the head coach if he should get the job if he gets the job 
I don't know. One of the things, though, that I'm, obviously I wasn't inside the locker room, but all the press conferences I would see and the reports I would see is that he kind of ran the locker room almost like he was a frat boy, but an older frat boy. And I'm honestly not certain if that's the kind of attitude that you can have when you're a head coach. Um, I don't think he has had enough time to kind of process what he did wrong in Atlanta before going off to be somebody else's head coach. If he leaves this defensive um, coordinator position in Dallas and goes to another team as a head coach, I don't know that I think he'll have much success. Um, depending on the talent he has on the field, he'll probably have more success than he did with the Falcons. But honestly, the way my team has been playing the last few years, that's not really saying much. So personally, I think he needs to stay in that position of, def of defensive coordinator for a few more years um, before making the transition to head coach again. And don't get me wrong, I definitely want to see him get another shot at being a head coach. I'm just not sure that one year removed from the Falcons is, you know, the time for him to make that move. All right, guys. So I'm going to open it up here. Of the current vacancies right now, we're not going to talk about Vegas and Seattle as of yet because officially they're not open positions. But of the seven vacancies right now, if you are a candidate, what do you think is the most appealing location to go to as far as the head coach like wh which team do you think is set up for the most success right now and not just to make the playoffs but at least have a winning record next year neil well first of all if jared says the giants we have to mute him okay uh second oh, without saying yeah second uh, for me it's the jags jacksonville uh for any new head coach coming in the one thing that every one of them wants is a franchise quarterback because if they don't have that, they're struggling from day one. No matter who they have on the roster, it's going to be a struggle. Because if you don't have that franchise quarterback, you are all too. You're basically just waiting for the clock to to run out and, and before you're sacked. So uh, uh, it's got to be Jacksonville because they've got the best quarterback situation. Kevin, I'm not sure Jacksonville has a good quarterback situation now. I'm not really a believer in Trevor Lawrence, but let's see here. Let's see here. I hate. The Jacksonville job, to be honest, the, the, they're going nowhere real quick. Maybe they'll get four wins next year. Um, I like the Dolphins job, honestly. They have a solid defensive core. Not really a big fan of Tua, though, but they've two winning records in a row. So, I mean, expectations probably will be a little lofty there compared to the other destinations. But don't really like the Bears job. You know what? Give me the Vikings job. That team... I know, I know, I know, I know, Jared. I mean, I mean, uh, James, you don't like uh, Kirk Cousins, but that offense has the potential to to win 10 plus games every year. Um, and Mike Zimmer did a horrible job with that defense the last few years. So, well, they I did think... get the defense of like all the big name veterans and promoted a lot of drafted young talent to starting roles, maybe a year or two earlier than they should have been. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. But give me, give me the Vikings. I think that I, I think I think I think uh, you know with that offense, they 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 give you a good chance to win. The defense just needs to to become respectable, um, and they have some pieces on defense. But uh, they I think that they just need a, a culture change there. And getting Mike Zimmer out was, was right. He probably still watches VHS. I remember, remember though that uh, Kirk Cousins has got one year left on his deal. 
So you're already facing that question. So they're drafting yeah, a quarterback true. this year. Uh, MJ. <laughs> MJ, which, 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 honestly, which franchise looks best to you? Honestly, for me, it's kind of a toss-up between Miami and Jacksonville because both teams, in my opinion, have good young quarterbacks to build around. Um, plus, both teams have over $70 million in cap space. So you've got a lot of money to attract some really good free agents during the offseason. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's a toss-up between Miami and Jacksonville. I would only go to Jacksonville if – I don't know, because I think Jacksonville is probably the worst-run franchise in the league. So we have to have some serious discussions about ownership trying to overstep boundaries between the head coach and the GM. Um, but barring any foolishness like that, between Jacksonville and Miami, I'm leaning more towards Jacksonville because uh, Trevor Lawrence did not have a good mentor. He had a horrible first season in the league, and I think he is looking for someone to kind of come in and help him truly make that transition from college to NFL. So, yeah, sitting here saying it out loud, Jacksonville. First pick right. in the draft too, MJ. I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, first pick in the draft as well. Absolutely. And, and, and they've got 10 draft picks this year, yep. which I think of the head coach of the, of the teams we're uh, talking about, I think they've got the most uh, picks mm -hmm. in the draft. So there's another factor in that decision. But, yeah, definitely I'm sticking with Jacksonville. So what, what MJ and I are really saying, James, is, is really, oh, Kevin, could you be more wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to Kevin's rebuttal, Jared, bet, uh, most attractive location, not your New York Giants. <laughs> well, it would be the Giants just because easy division <laughs> out of all the divisions. I'm sorry. Wait, stop. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and. They have five picks in the top 80 picks, including two picks in the top 10. And the roster was the most injured in the NFL this year by a wide margin over Neil's team. And Neil's team was the most injured like any given year. We would have been the most injured for like the past like 40 years. So the Giants had like a historically bad season of that. So I see a good bounce back from that. But if I had to choose a team that wasn't the Giants, I'd probably choose the the Bears, because I still believe in Fields, even though Kevin's going to disagree with me that he thinks Fields sucks. Um, I love I love him as a dual <laughs> I love him as a dual threat quarterback. He was my favorite quarterback in that draft class. The Bears don't have a lot of draft capital because all their draft capital is now the Giants' draft capital. But they also are in a weak division. The Lions are terrible. The Vikings are going to be terrible. They don't have a quarterback after next year, like Neil pointed out. And twenty twenty three draft baby. And Aaron Rodgers is, is is volatile. I mean, like, you Rodgers could be there next year. He might not be. And and I think that that's where I'd put, put my hat on. I ain't going to Denver because I'm not playing against Mahomes and Herbert for 10-plus years. Like, that's insane. So. You mean Mahomes, Herbert, and Carr. <laughs> yeah, and Carr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we're going to put a button on all the, the coaching carousel as of this point. No, 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 no. Not until what, you what, say what, something. Come on. What? What, what, what else have you got, Neil? What, what else have you got? Choice? Go ahead. What's your choice? My choice? Yeah. Oh, God. Do I have to? 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Although we're I not mean... really interested in your opinion, we might as well hear it. <laughs> <laughs> we we know he's going to say the Giants. That's why yeah. he's trying to skirt around. No, it. there's no way in hell I say the Giants. He's going to say Minnesota. I'm sorry. I'm not going to pick a franchise that allowed his head coach to walk around with his chest puffed out for the last two seasons when he was completely inept at his job. No, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't ride with an organization like that that's not going to hold a guy accountable. Um. I would love to say Denver because they do have the talent currently on roster. I mean, you can make a debate that maybe an upgraded quarterback is needed. I love what Teddy Two Gloves did this year. Um, they have a young core that you, that can be built around receivers, backs. Both lines are pretty solid. Um, but again, as mentioned, that division, Herbert and Mahomes will be in your way for the for a minimum the next five years plus. Um, but I, I do think the Bears are an attractive location. Um, they they need a lot of work, though. They need a lot. Like, their stars don't stay healthy. That's my biggest issue with the Bears. Outside of that, top to bottom of the roster, I take that just for everything that was mentioned earlier with the division. The Lions are pretty much going to be the Lions from here to kingdom come. There's only one year left on Cousins' contract, and we don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I take my chances at, at minimum you can make the playoffs as a wild card your first year out. So, and the Dolphins, the only knock against the Dolphins is you're in a division with the Bills and the Patriots. I guess the one team that we, nobody's mentioned really is the one team who have a kind of winning record and, and are looking for a coach, and that's the Raiders. He said well, to I mean, exclude the Raiders, Neil, pay attention. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, we're not counting the Raiders yet because oh. their season's not over and they haven't officially let go of Basaccia. So, I can't. I can't really hear James for the cloud of smoke that's wafting out into this uh, this room from a certain gentleman. <laughs> ignore Kevin, okay? Just right. ignore Kevin. Moving on from the coaching carousel wow. into Wild Card Weekend, we have six hmm. games this weekend: two Saturday, three Sunday, one on Monday. Uh, I should all, let you all know that last year's Wild Card Weekend saw four road teams win games. Only the two seeds escaped with victory. Um, expect road teams to win this year as well. Uh, with that being said, we will start with Saturday, 4.35 p.m. All right, before NBC. you start here, Kevin, Why get in and, and do, you, do, you, do your picks in the pick sheet, will you? <laughs> he, he, he can hurry up and knock that out. I mean, um, amateur, amateur hour or what? <laughs> the oh, Las Vegas boy. Raiders travel to the Cincinnati Bengals at 435 on Saturday on NBC. The Raiders move up from 21 to 12 in our power rankings. The Bengals move up from 26 to 9. We're pretty much all over the place. Actually, we're not all over the place. It seems that I'm the crazy one picking the Raiders to win this game. Um, there are some uh, did-you-know nuggets from uh, from this game. First, this is the first wildcard matchup with both quarterbacks making their playoff debuts since 2017, which had Buffalo's Tyrod Taylor versus Jacksonville's Blake Bortles. The home QB has won eight of the last nine matchups. The Raiders are also the first teams um, since at least 1940 with 10-plus wins and a differential of minus 50 or worse in the same season. The Bengals are one and eight all time in the wild card round. They've lost seven straight. Only Detroit at 0 and 9 has a worse record in the wild card games. And the Raiders are four knowing games this season when Derek Carr has 100 plus passer rating, six and seven with sub 100 ratings. So, with that said, 
Monty, our Raiders fan, has sent us this. Oh, Whether boy. or not I'm, I'm called in. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Los Angeles Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, and the legend of Bo Jackson. Cincinnati is favored by five and five and a half at home. They have one of the best young QBs in the league, the front runner for rookie of the year, and a great running back, and the best DN that you've never heard of, who was fifth in sacks this year. They just beat the Raiders and the Death Star in week 11 by 19 points. And the weather in Cincinnati this weekend is expected to be below freezing with a winter storm moving in that night. Most of the money will be picking the Bengals to win and probably to cover. Similar to uh, Chargers Ken, last week, one of our, our one-time superfan, Simon from the UK, is overflowing with confidence. But order up Adam and Eve on a raft, wreck them a cup of mug and an upset special. Last week, you saw Joe Burrow smoking a cigar and dancing in the locker room celebrating like they accomplished their goals. <laughs> After the Raiders uh, knocked another good young QB out of the playoffs last week, their post game was all about going to work because the job's not done yet. Top three reasons the Raiders are going to start the tournament with an upset are these. The Bengals are 10-7 and seven and not as good as they think they are. They have losses this year against the Bears, the Jets, and they were swept by the Browns. I understand that they beat Kansas City and are capable of competing with anyone, but they're also capable of losing to anyone. Second, their O-line, which gave up 55 sacks this year, including a, a few versus the Raiders, and they're even more banged up this time around. Expect some sacks on sacks on sacks on Saturday. The last time they played, it was closer than the final score. It was 16-13 halfway through the fourth quarter before the wheels fell off. This game is going to be ugly and slow, not a shootout. Finally, pull up a chair and let me tell you a chapter of oh Bo Jackson. <laughs> Back when Kevin was but a mere twinkle in his father's eye and a couple of months after another young Kevin McAllister began his epic battle with the Wet Bandits. <laughs> All right, I'm not going any further with that, Monty. Um, Anyone here disagree with Monty's assessment that the Vegas Raiders can go? Well, actually, no, I guess you're all picking the Cincinnati Bengals, so... Kevin, I'm going to start with you since you were name dropped here. You're picking the Bengals as well. Yeah, I'm picking the Bengals. Um, I really want the Raiders to win, though, just because, you know, I really don't like all this Joe Burrow love. I know he's good, but, man, people need to stop sucking him off. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> But, yeah, give me the Bengals. They, they're often – I mean, Joe Burrow has been on fire the last three weeks. Jamar Chase is is really good. Offensive player – offensive rookie player of the year, whatever. I'm stumbling over my words. Wonder why offensive that would be. Offensive rookie of the year, yes. Um, and uh, their offensive line is not good. I know this. And then the Raiders have a pretty good pass rush. They have a very good uh, pressure – pressure uh, percentage and a good pass rush win rate. But with that said, I just think that the Bengals are, are slightly more talented on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, I, it would be a little different to me, but I don't really – what is Darren – I know Darren Waller's been hurt a lot this season, but what has he done recently? He was back for the last game against the Chargers. Um, I could be could be missing something here, but he doesn't. I don't think he's going to be much of a factor here. Um, and as as Monty knows, I really don't like Josh Jacobs very much. Uh, I think he I think he's a he's a plotter, a plotter extraordinaire. 
Um, and uh, the Bengals defense is actually pretty good. They're, they're a solid defense. Um, they do have some lapses sometimes. But I, I just overall think the Bengals are a better team. They're playing at home, and this offense is will just be a little bit too much for the Raiders to handle. Jared. Uh, I was going to say the Bengals, but on the uh, a pod a few weeks ago, I did say that the uh, Raiders are going to win out and beat Kansas City in the playoffs. And the only way they can do that is if they get through the Bengals first. So to keep that going alive, I'm saying the uh, the Raiders pull this one out. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. I think that the Bengals offense is light years ahead of where the Oakland's offense is. But Oakland has that D-rush. The Bengals have one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen in any year of football. And uh, unfortunately, the Giants' O-line is actually worse than theirs this year. Oh, my uh, God. No one cares. But to, to, to bring it back to the Giants there for a second. <laughs> no, no, but, no, uh, no, no. No more Giants talk <laughs> for the rest of the show. <laughs> but so so the Bengals' offensive line is horrible. Max is going to eat for the Raiders. I, I just think that the, the Raiders' pressure gets to Burrow. He's injury-prone. He's been hit a lot this year. The Raiders are going to bang him up good. And I just think that he's not going to be able to weather the storm. I just think he's he's just going to have he's going to have issues. It's going to be in his head all day. And I think that Chase will get his, but I don't think it'll be enough. So give me Raiders by like five points. MJ. Um, the one thing I want to well, no, a couple things. Yes, um, Burrow's been on fire the last couple weeks. Um, going back to Monty's review, I guess we'll say. Um, when he talks about the records, the one thing he leaves out is the previous game between the Bengals and the Raiders. Does anybody remember what the score was and who won? 32-13 Bengals. And I don't see the Raiders having enough to change the outcome this week either. But like you said, it was 16-13 halfway through the fourth quarter before, you know, the dam broke. So it was a close game with probably about Absolutely. eight minutes or so left. Absolutely, but what's the final score? What do we I, always I understand. Say, you win I by mean, one? If it plays out the same way, anything could happen. I, yeah, I'm still sticking with Cincinnati. <laughs> Neil. Well, James, I was reminded when I was reading the New York Times this morning. Lord <laughs> have mercy. The, I, I can't help if I'm cultured. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was reminded when I was reading the New York Times this morning that uh, – uh, Joe Mixon plays in this game and Joe Mixon I think might be the difference here in the sense that A, he will take some of that heat off uh, off Joe Burrow uh, I also think that Mixon will be quite good against that very vulnerable uh, Raiders secondary uh, they, they, they tend to play zone defence the Raiders as you guys will know and I, I think Mixon underneath may uh, may exploit that, uh, that very vulnerable uh, zone defence that the Raiders play Raiders won the last four games to get into the playoffs, James. Uh, but they were all one-score games. You know, it was all tight. They were a bit like... Uh, I mean, Monty, if you're listening, I would say the Raiders are very much the AFC version of last year's Washington team. And that that, that that's the sort of... You know, that you can't get a higher rating than that. The, they're, 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 they're kind Ouch, of fun Neil, to watch. Brutal. At the end of the day, we know they're pretty bad, but they kind of hold you in there long enough to, uh, to break your heart. So... That's kind of how it's going to be, I think. The Raiders are going to get spanked in this game because they're, they're, <laughs> just, they're just that sort of tier below teams like like the the, uh, the, the Bengals. One of you guys mentioned uh, the the offense really being light years ahead of, of the Raiders' offense, and I think I think that's correct. 
Burrow's thrown, what, 300-plus yards in three of his last four games. Uh, okay, they gave up 55 sacks on offense, but, uh, yeah, I, I just see they'll have too much for them on offense. And at home as well, uh, I can see the Bengals winning their first playoff game since. Shoot, I, I don't remember the last time the Bengals won a playoff game. 1991. <laughs> Jesus. Am I so, making that uh, up, Neil? Uh, I have no idea. I was hoping one of you guys knew the answer. I was just asking the question. Uh, <laughs> as you know, Kevin, in life, that sometimes questions are more important than the answers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and James, can I just say that at some point in this in this uh, preview tonight, we break off and just uh, uh, tear the Seahawks apart for five minutes just to annoy Justin? No, we're not discussing the Seahawks anymore in this show. No more Seahawks talk, no more Giants talk. Rashad, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. <laughs> the injury report for this game, for the Cincinnati Bengals, they have designated Alden Tate, wide receiver, to return from injured reserve. Stanley Morgan, another wide receiver with a hamstring injury, uh, is questionable. Cornerback uh, Jalen Davis is questionable with an ankle injury. And Josh Tupo with a knee injury is doubtful for the game. For the Raiders, uh, Jonathan Hankins is questionable with a back injury. They did put Darius Phelan uh, on injury reserve, and Nicholas Morrow has been designated to return from injury reserve. The next game on Saturday, 8-15 on CBS, has the New England Patriots, who move up from 17 to 10 in our power rankings, taking on the Buffalo Bills, who fall from 3 to 7 in the power rankings. And we do have write-ups from both Rob and Pat. Starting with Rob, who says, this is the first time the Bills and Pats have played each other in the postseason. This is also the third matchup of the year between two division rivals. In the first game, the Patriots won the game on a Buffalo that was ultimately decided by 45-mile-per-hour wins as the Pats only threw the ball three times, but were able to run the ball at will against the Bills, who could not overcome the Pats' defense and a neutered game plan due to the win. A couple of weeks later, the Bills went to Foxborough and won 33-21 to in a game that felt like a bigger whooping than the score indicated, so here we are. The Patriots are set to do set to shuffle on the Buffalo and face the reigning defending AFC East champions, the Buffalo Bills. For the Bills on offense, they have sneakily become a more balanced offense without using the legs of Josh Allen per se. Devin Singletary has been the bell cow and has played well. This coincides with a Patriots team that has given up 964 rushing yards in the last six games. In the words of Boston sports guide Tom Maserati, not good. The wind will only be a minor deterrent at 10 to 15 miles per hour. At least that is the current forecast. Even with Cole Beasley back for the back in the fold, I expect this would be a game that Isaiah McKenzie gets more run than a, a little in the slot. In the last game, McKenzie exploited the Pat, Pat slot coverage for 11 catches and 125 yards and a touchdown. They had a lot of problems dealing with the speed in the slot. All that said, I do expect the Pats to have, the Pats to have some new wrinkles incorporated in their defense to give the Bills problems. I do not see them moving the ball like they did the last game. Bills are not punt at all in that game on defense. It is going to come down to the Bills stopping the Pats' run game. They did well in both games, even rushing for over 150 on the ground. In the most recent one, the X factor is going to be Mac Jones playing in the cold. Are we on the Jays? Is this still this is still Rob? This is still Rob. I mean, I'm losing the world to live here. Come on, it's hey, 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 hey. They they took the time to write in. I'm going to read it. 
He's not been good in the cold and will not have to play well in the cold against a good defense on the road. I just don't see it. The Bills' defensive line has been on the rise in the last few weeks. Notched eight sacks last week against the Jets. I know it's the Jets, but it's still a lot of sacks. If the Bills can jump ahead, it will be very tough for this one to dig out of a hole. With this being a Belichick team, anything can happen. And the Patriots can definitely game plan their way to a victory. All that said, the Bills are the better team. And win this game eight out of ten times. I think the game is mildly close, but Josh Allen and the surging Buffalo Bills get the win, possibly head to KC for another game with the Chiefs. Pat's 10, Bills 23, and then Pat. Oh, hold on, hold on. So so to sum up, Rob's saying the team that's gonna score the most is gonna win. Is that <laughs> <laughs> Pat, our Patriots super fan, says put the music on carefully. <laughs> two teams. The one before the bye week and the one after it. Before the bye week, the Patriots were developing a rookie QB behind a solid offensive line with a run game that was really second to none and suffocating defense. After the bye week, the Patriots are putting everything they had on the rookie's shoulders as the O-line fell to shambles and the running game got hobbled by a hamstring or two. Also, the D went vanilla and really didn't do anything to slow down the opposition. So which Patriots team is going to show up? On offense, I think the Patriots will be able to hang with the Bills, not match the Bills offense score for score necessarily, but do enough to keep things close. They have proven they can impose their will on the Bills D once before. They will need to do that again. On defense, when it comes down to the secondary, who's playing and who isn't? The one guy we know who won't be is Jonathan Jones, probably the best slot corner in the league and a key member in the secondary that can help shut down the fastest receiver on the other side. His absence uh, made a thin secondary even thinner. Jalen Mills is placed on the COVID list. I would assume he'll be taken off it in time for the game. But Eagles James will tell you Jalen Mills can't cover in man-to-man scheme. Jalen Mills can't cover in any scheme. Uh, the Manella <laughs> D mentioned earlier, it's very zone-based, and the Bills ripped it apart in the second meeting. Not good. Next is Miles Bryant, who missed the last game of the year versus the Dolphins. To say our secondary hopes lie on a five foot nine corner that no one has ever heard of except Patriots fans who like how he played in the preseason is telling and a stretch. In the end, we weren't even supposed to be here. I think the Bills have this game circled. Let's <laughs> let's knock off the bully who's bossed us around for two decades. The Pats are going to rely too much on a patchwork secondary and a rookie QB. And that's a recipe for a loss. Bills win 31-28. Like I said, the Patriots will stay close, but just not enough to get over the hump without some sort of holy crap play towards the end of the game. All right. Um, <laughs> Those were freaking novels. You're welcome, uh, which Neil. means we don't have to say much. Uh, <laughs> Neil, wake up. Neil, Neil, Neil wake up. <laughs> yeah, Neil, wake up. Um, it, it, as noted in both of these write-ups, these two division opponents did split the previous matchups. Uh, the road team winning each game. Uh, we know the circumstances of what happened in them. Uh, but here is some uh, notes on these on this uh, matchup. Bill Belichick is three but and you, seven as head more? coach. Oh yeah, I've got more. I've got more. He's three and seven as head coach in the postseason <laughs> versus teams that beat him that season, losing five straight. The Bills are 2-0 in home playoff games under Sean McDermott, 0-3 on the road. Rookie QBs are 2-8 as starters in the postseason since 2010. Both rookie wins were against other rookie starting QBs. And 
Josh Allen is the third player in NFL history with 30-plus passing touchdowns and 700 uh, or more rushing yards in a season. Lamar Jackson and Randall Cunningham are the others. Both Jackson and Cunningham lost their first playoff game that season. Uh, the Patriots have trailed by double digits at halftime in three of their last four games, once in its first 13. So uh, does anybody have anything else to add before we move on to Sunday? Yeah, I do. Oh, God. <laughs> what, Neil? <laughs> well, you know, unlike the rest of you, I have prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean but, you have to pay for this? I'm no, he's prepared. prepared. He's prepared. Prepared for this. Oh, like, prepared. You. Sorry. Uh, uh, try and listen. Uh, the uh, So, uh, <laughs> I would say, first of all, this is everybody likes the third installment of the great fights. We all know these ones in history. Uh, sadly, this is not a great fight. And I don't really care about this third installment. So uh, the quicker it's over, the better. These are the these are Buffalo and, and New England, two of the most disappointing teams this season, though. Overall, we are. I think we all had such high hopes for Buffalo, and they have kind of uh, they have kind of pooed their pants uh, along the way. In terms of the the big question for me, though, James, which you haven't touched upon, and I, do you remember the guy who used to do this podcast? I can't remember his name. Whatever he was called, yeah, he used to always tell us about the weather. So come on, what's the weather going to be in this game? Uh, it's in Buffalo, so I'm expecting winds. Uh, it's gonna be <laughs> Rob did mention winds of upwards of 10 to 15 miles an hour. Yeah, it's going to be uh, gonna very, be very cold. In, uh, yeah, four degrees in yeah, uh, the, Orchard Park. There's a, a hypothermia warning uh, for the mm -hmm. area as well for Saturday, so wow. it's going to be very miserable for the well, players. James, what you could do, James, is go to the game and read out those two previews because there's enough hot... <laughs> There's enough hot air there to uh, to warm the stadium for at least an hour or two. I'm I'm pretty sure Pat and Rob would love to hear you say that. Uh, <laughs> the injury report for this game: uh, the Buffalo Bills, no new injuries on the report. Pretty much everyone uh, was a full go at practice this week. The New England Patriots, with their shady injury report, has Jacoby Myers, Kyle Duggar, uh, Jamie Collins, Damian Harris. Uh, Adrian Phillips, Brandon King, Lawrence Guy, Cody Davis, and David Andrews all listed as questionable. Sean Wade uh, is on the COVID list, as well as Jalen Mills currently on the COVID list at the time of this recording. Both may be cleared to play on Saturday. Keep an eye out for that. Moving on to Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox, the Philadelphia Eagles who are 13th in our power rankings, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are second in the rankings. Um, look, I don't have a lot to say about this game. I'm just happy my team is here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being perfectly honest. Look, I'm glad the team played better down the stretch, winning seven of the last nine. Um, Lost say, to what the you will about the, say, say what you will about the game against Dallas. Um it was mostly backups, and it was a close game at halftime. So, if anything, when we get to Dallas, I will talk about how shameful their offense should be for only putting up that many points in the first half. Shameful. Um, that could shame. like a hey, 150 hey, hey, we're rating. We're, we're not there yet, <laughs> but I, I'll bring it up again later. Um, <laughs> honestly, look, from the Eagles' perspective, my biggest concern is the play calling on both offense and defense. And while the score was 28-22 the first time these two teams played, that was back in week three on a short Thursday night, um, that game was nowhere near as close as that score would indicate. The Eagles scored, like, what, 14 points in the fourth quarter to make it look respectable. 
play calling got away from them. They didn't stick with the run game. And I don't mean read option. I mean, like, actually turning around and handing the ball off to the backs and let this offensive line play bully ball James? up front. James, excuse me. <laughs> Just to remind you, James, that a few moments ago you said you didn't have very much to say about this game. Uh, this is all I, I've got right now. And okay. on the flip side, leave, let me finish. I'll be done in like 10 seconds. Thank you. Uh, so one, bully ball on offense, stick with the run game. And two, defense, don't play zone this time. Tom Brady picked it apart for like over 300 yards and 85% completion percentage. Mm. So with that, floor is open for all of you who are picking the Buccaneers. Neil, go ahead. I, I think for me, James, very quickly, the key matchup here is going to be the uh, the Philadelphia running game against the Tampa Bay run defense. Obviously, you guys, number one in the league, 159.7 yards a game. And Tampa Bay only gave up 92.5. They were the best against the run. So uh, that's going to be the, the, the key element for this game for me. Anybody else? Uh, Eagles are going to get absolutely demolished here. Like, Gee, thanks. Appreciate the, it. The, the Bucks' run defense is the has historically been the best. Uh, they were number one last year, I believe. That I'm pretty sure they're the number one before that. They have a... They have a really, really terrible defensive lineman called Vita Vea, who's not a Hall of Famer, and he just got a new contract. There, he's going to dumpster the the Eagles O line, and Eagles O line, in my opinion, is pretty good. James knows I love a lot of the players they drafted because I wanted the Giants to take them, and so it's not a, it's not a weak O line, but the Bucks D line is so good, and the Bucks just reactivated one of their best uh, players, um, one of their middle linebackers. And they're just going to go to town. I think that front seven for the Bucks is just no joke, and it's playoff mode for them. Like I, I honestly think that Brady's going to not even be finishing the game. I think he'll probably be sitting in the third <laughs> quarter. All right, enough out of Jared. MJ. No, 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 no. <laughs> MJ, anything to add? I got nothing to add. Nope. Ke Kevin, before we get to your game. <laughs> Oh, you know, I'm just looking forward to Jalen Hurst getting back there, throwing some nice dimes and, you know, having 20 pass attempts and less than 100 yards at one point. Oh, it should be fun to watch. Is it exciting, James, to, you know, have a franchise with a very exciting young quarterback who slings the ball around and, and makes plays? I mean, you, uh -huh. must be loving, you must be loving Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Moving on. So in this game, we have the number one rush defense and uh, number one rushing offense in Philadelphia going up against the number one uh, passing offense in the Buccaneers. Uh, other notes to mention uh, quarterbacks, 25 or younger are two and 11 versus Tom Brady in his playoff career. Sanchez and Flacco are the only QBs to defeat him. Tom Brady has played in 45 playoff games. The Eagles have had 46 total in franchise history. Brady has 34 wins in those 45 games. The Eagles have only won 23. Um, the Eagles are 0-6 this season versus teams that have made the playoffs, 9-2 versus all other teams. Philly defeated one team with a winning record. That ended up being the Saints. You're welcome, MJ. Uh, Brady won the Super Bowl when Jalen Hurts was ages 3, 5, 6, 16, 18, 20, and 22. Uh, this is the fifth meeting in NFL history between passing yard leader and the QB rushing yards leader from the regular season. The QB who had the uh, led the league in rushing, who was the rushing yards leader, won all four of the previous matchups. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, Tampa Bay is only the fourth team in the Super Bowl era to make the playoffs after passing on 66 plus percent of their plays in the regular season. Uh, the 2011 
Detroit Lions, the 91 Houston Texans, excuse me, uh, Houston Oilers, and the 90 also Houston Oilers also did the same thing. Uh, the injury report for this game, everybody for the Eagles pretty much who came off the COVID list last week is questionable this week. That includes Josh Sweat, Nate Herbig, Andre Dillard, Lane Johnson, Marvin Wilson, Miles Sanders. Hand injury was questionable. Uh, Brett Toth was placed on injury reserve along with tight end Tyree Jackson. And for Tampa Bay, Shaq Barrett, Sean Murphy Bunting, uh, Justin Watson, Brashard Perriman, they're all listed as questionable. Cyril Grayson is doubtful along with Ronald Jones. Anthony Nelson, Ryan Jensen are also listed as questionable. Levante David has been designated to return from injured reserve as well as uh, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, Leonard Fournette also designated to return from injured reserve as well. Uh, Sherman, Richard Sherman, was placed on IR after Sunday's game against the Panthers. The next game... Just to, James, just if you're if you're if anybody's watching this game, the guy always worth watching is the is the Bucks uh, uh, center Ryan Jensen. You mentioned him there on the injury mm -hmm. report. Uh, that guy, he is the he is the king of shithousery. He's always <laughs> fighting. He's yes, always he fighting with somebody absolutely fabulous. Absolutely, boy. yes, he is. Yeah. Always love that guy. Absolutely love him. Always absolutely fighting with someone for no no reason whatsoever. He is in the middle of something. You're absolutely right, Neil. Uh, the next game here on the schedule. Oh my goodness, you guys are driving me nuts right now. Four thirty p.m. Before you go further, I mean, do you think do you think Pete Carroll needs to run the ball more? Four thirty p.m. on CBS. The San Francisco 49ers travel to the Dallas Cowboys. The Niners are eleventh in our power rankings, up from twelve. The Cowboys are fourth in our power rankings. Fourth. Um, oh my. It's a jump. Yeah, that's a crazy high jump. I, I, I'm i pretty sure I didn't rank them that high, which means somebody probably ranked them number one in the power rankings. Kevin, Kevin filled out like uh, six different uh, sections of all <laughs> the Cowboys first. Not me. To be honest, I haven't done a power ranking since like week three. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Well, it shows. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> as this is your Dallas Cowboys, uh, the floor is yours, sir. Oh, boy. Let's see. I'm I'm trying to to make every day until Sunday last as long as possible just because I'm fearful for the outcome of this game. Um 49ers are not necessarily a very good matchup for the Cowboys. They're very good at running the ball. Cowboys are mediocre at best at stopping the run. Pretty sure they were ranked 23rd in yards per carry against. Not good. Healthy Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel probably get like eight carries at running back. Uh, so he'll probably get like 95 yards on those carries. Um, but let's be real. Let's be real. The Cowboys, in theory, have the better team. In, it, on paper, they have the better team. But as I mentioned, they're a bad matchup. The 49ers are very good at yards after the catch. Cowboys are very bad at allowing yards after the catch. Uh, I believe they're 32nd or 31st ranked. And one of them, either them or the Ravens, are the last ranked in yards after the catch. So that's not good with Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And Brandon Ayuk, who's come on strong at the second half of the season. And the 49ers surprisingly finished the season number one in yards per play at 6.1. Who would have ever thought that? Um, but Trent Williams 
is injured, but I heard yesterday that he does plan to play, which would be uh, not good for the Cowboys considering he's an absolute stud. And that means Randy Gregory will have himself a very hard time. But thankfully, Micah Parsons will be on the other side of the, of, of the edge and he will be wreaking havoc per usual. Um, hopefully, Trayvon Diggs doesn't get burned. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is the Cowboys have to stop the run game. And if they do that, and they force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them, then 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 that's good for the Cowboys. But really, really the really this game all depends on Prescott, uh, the bane of my existence. Um, <laughs> really, you don't want Dak. I know at least twenty teams that would want him. Yep, Dak needs to be more confident in his reads. He hesitates too much second half of the season. He's throwing behind receivers, throwing high. Uh, I mean, honestly, the only good games he's had in the second half of the season are against y'all scrubs teams. Um, No offense. But, yeah, and the 49ers are... second and third stringers. You guys were supposed to blow them out early. What took you so long? The the guy... Yeah, 49ers... The 49ers are – no, we're not worried. The Cowboys offense dominated that game. Dak threw four touchdowns in the first half. Um, 49ers are very good at stopping the run. Second in success rate on, on run plays on defense. Second in rush EPA on defense. And the Cowboys' rush offense has absolutely been nowhere to be seen for the last eight weeks. Zeke Elliott's a bum. Tony Pollard is <laughs> – Tony Pollard is way better. I hope he gets more carries in the game. They need to call more outside runs instead of running it literally right up the gut for three yards every single play. Um, They need to utilize play action more. They need to take deep shots against this 49ers secondary. They're vulnerable against deep plays. Secondary is not that good. I know their pass rush is very good. But if, if if we can get give Dak just the slightest amount of time, I do have a little bit of confidence we can we can dissect this secondary. Um, Amari Cooper and CD Lamb need to show up to play. CD Lamb's struggled the last few weeks with drops and and, and all that nonsense. Um, Cedric Wilson is a guy to keep an eye on. Dak loves him for some reason. He targets him more than any other any other receiver. Dalton Schultz needs to step up. Had a very good season. Tyron Smith is back, probably for three plays before he gets hurt again. Um, but yeah, this this offensive line needs to contain Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. Very talented defensive front. I'm very worried about that. But I think it will be a close game. They give Dallas the slight edge because they're playing at home. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Give me the Cowboys by 400. <laughs> Anybody want to cape up for the 49ers here? Yeah, I think so. I think why not? I think, uh, uh, although they might not win the game, I think it'll be close. Uh, I wonder, Kevin, you mentioned uh, Parsons wreaking havoc and Diggs getting his plays in the back end and maybe getting burned. I wonder if they'll be involved in this game very much. I think the, the, the 49ers <laughs> will uh, will try and, and use their, their, their very short quick passing game in their in their creative running game to uh, to keep uh, to keep Garoppolo clean in the back. Oh, yeah. But I also I'm sure they will. I also don't think the 49ers will throw the ball deep very much. I think they'll do a lot of underneath running stuff and we might not see Diggs' name called because he won't be challenged the whole game. Uh, that 15 and uh, no uh, 19 
uh, 17 and 1. The Cowboys lead this series overall. And in the playoffs, the Cowboys have won five of the seven playoff games between these two teams. And I've got to say, this is this is great. It takes me back to the 90s when the Cowboys and the and the 49ers were, uh, were, were, were two of the great franchises uh, in the league and making their, their Super Bowl runs year in, mm-hmm. year out. Uh, before Kevin was before 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 Kevin was born, let's face it. And I forgot to mention Demarcus Lawrence needs to absolutely step up and play huge. Needs to be able to set the edge. Needs to stop the run. Needs to do everything and be play like he's paid to play. Um, I'm I'm very nervous though. I'm very nervous. I really don't want the day to come. You've got to throw the ball on that 49 secondary. Yeah, that's Kevin. what I'm saying. If we have yeah, time, we should be able that, to. Yeah. If we, if yeah. we have time, we ha- we should be able to to do work on this secondary. They've given up a lot of big plays on the season. They get. The, I was watching the Colts game. I know this is way back in like week week six, but the 49ers got called for like what seemed like 400 pass interference calls. They could not play the ball in the air at all. I'm sure they've improved slightly, but yeah, Neil, you're correct. That's the way to win this game. Got to beat them through the pass. Jared MJ, anything to add? Um, I would say Jared MJ, yeah, you go first. I, I just don't think that the Cowboys can stop the 49ers run game, and I think that's the difference in the 49ers winning. What I what I don't want, I'm going to be so nauseated if we get like a Jimmy Garoppolo win when he throws for like six of nine for 73 yards and I kill myself. <laughs> Jared, so – one of the things that um, we've all seen uh, through the history of uh, Tom Brady is he has uh, one thing that uh, stops him, and that's usually an NFC East team in the playoffs. I don't think the Eagles can get it done, so I'm picking the Cowboys to win this because I hope that Dallas can stop Tom Brady from adding another ring. Um, just Tom Brady just has an issue with uh, beating NFC East teams in big games, so uh, – that's the only reason I'm picking Dallas, and also I want to reverse jinx Dallas. So let's go, Dallas. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> well, um, so, uh, unfortunately, I'm sound like I'm beating up on Kevin here, but yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with MJ. And it's the run game for the, for the Niners for me. That's going to be the difference in this game, and mainly because it's not a traditional run game. It's the way they run the football. It's it's the plays they call it. It's Nothing is very straightforward. Yeah, they could run it up the middle, but it's not a simple dive play. It's sometimes a reverse pitch in, in a dive up the middle. Or, you know, the jet sweeps in the end arounds. You, you see Debo Samuel in the backfield. I'd be terrified because I have no idea what's going to happen there. And, and I think when Debo Samuel lines up at running back, that's where the Cowboys probably will be had because it's definitely going to be something they haven't seen before how quickly they adjust to those situations will be key because let's be real kevin you know like everybody else knows the niners are not going to try to put this game in the hands of jimmy garoppolo they're going to try to yes i know this is this is why the cowboys need to start off real hot get off to like a 10-0 lead yeah, it, the, the 49ers will try to ugly this game up as best as possible, take you all out of whatever it is that you want to do on both sides of the ball because they do have two strong lines offensively and defensively. So they, they have the ability to make this game ugly early to where general audience can be disinterested except for the fans of these two teams. So um, good luck, but not really. I mean, it's Dallas. So, you know, I don't really like saying anything nice about your squad. <laughs> oh. I'm sort of rooting for your squad because if the Cowboys win, then we get to play you. 
Oh, well, there's that. <laughs> the uh, last four times the Niners and the Cowboys have met in the playoffs, the winner went on to win the Super Bowl, 94, 93, 92, and 81. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in nine wins this season has completed 70% of his passes for 11 touchdowns, three picks for a 108.5 passer rating. Um, in the six losses, only 66% of his passes were completed. Nine touchdowns, nine picks for 86 and a half passer rating. Uh, both these teams were four and run in the last five games of the season. The Niners scoring 28, excuse me, 24.8 points a game while only giving up 17. The Cowboys scoring 35 a game while only giving up 18. The Niners have won seven of their last nine games after starting the season three and five. And the Cowboys are the third team since 1960 to lead the NFL in total offense, scoring offense, and takeaways in the same season. The last team to do that, what? last teams, yeah, the last two teams to do that were the 75 Bills and the 70, 71 Dallas Cowboys. I just have Jared apologize to me for not believing the Cowboys will be the number one offense in the league. Uh, injury report. (laughs) (laughs) Dallas has J-Ron Curse as questionable with a hamstring. He's also on the COVID list. Joining him currently on the COVID list are Francis Bernard and Keanu Neal, uh, Sean McKinnon, Israel Makamu, and Tyron Smith. All this is questionable. Smith was activated from the COVID list. So, again, as Kevin said earlier, he should play. The 49ers have uh, Jakiski Tart, Marcel Harris, Drake Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shair, Elijah Mitchell, and Jimmy Garoppolo with his thumb, Trent Williams, all showing up as questionable. Oh, my God. On the Silence report. that, Neil. What is this? A house um, team 2022? Trent Cannon, their running back. That uh, isn't me. Was designated <laughs> to return from the injury reserve with his concussion. So keep an eye out for their availability as well. The Sunday night game um, was it james was that was that pete carroll on the phone (laughs) 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 is he resigning he traded wilson yet oh man the sunday night game uh has the pittsburgh steelers traveling to the kansas city chiefs i cannot believe this is the 8 15 on nbc the steelers Mm. are 15 in the power rankings the chiefs are three and smug nick our Chiefs fan sends us the Chiefs going to the first round of the playoffs favored by their biggest point spread of the year. You read that right. The line is the Chiefs minus 12 and a half against the Giants. Wait, it was 10 and a half against Washington team football, six and a half. So this seems mighty rich. But the line was 10 against Pittsburgh in week 16 when the Chiefs were without tight end Travis Kelsey, Pro Bowl worthy Nick Bolton as well as both of their kickers, and Tariq Hill was just back from COVID and only had two catches. Those guys are probably collectively worth at least two and a half points, but Pittsburgh pass-rushing phenom T.J. Watt is also healthier than three weeks ago. All that said, I'm not sure i take KC with the points in this one, even though they won the last meeting by 26. I won't necessarily pencil them in to win the turnover battle 3-0 automatically like last time, and for all their flaws, I do think Pittsburgh will be able to le- learn from their division mate Cincinnati and its win over the Chiefs the following week. <laughs> uh, the Bengals beat the Chiefs by trusting their outside weapons against the Chiefs' corners. When left one-on-one with most of the KC 
uh, defense attention generally paid towards creating pressure and concealing looks in the middle. To copy this, Big Ben is going to have to throw outside the numbers with consistency or it'll be his last game. I'm not sure he still has the arm to succeed at this, but he at least has the mind to try. On the KC side, they would be wise to commit to the run once again. They ran it 33 times against Pittsburgh in Week 16. Granted, half that game was garbage time. This will avoid Pittsburgh's defensive strengths while also hopefully providing a bit of a shell for Mahomes, who we hope will avoid too much contact this early in the postseason. Prediction, the Chiefs wave, wave bye-bye to Pittsburgh Seas 27-17. Um, MJ, I'm going to start with you. Anything to add or counter? Um, Kansas City takes this game. It's, it's Pittsburgh and Roethlisberger. Again, it, it, I, I've not had any faith in Roethlisberger this entire season. It's not going to start now. Kansas takes the game. <laughs> Neil? I think, that, I think I foresee TJ Watts crushing Mahomes and as he lies there on the stadium turf, Blood oozing from every pore. Wow! That will be the end of it, and the Steelers will have a shock victory. Oh my gosh, Jarrett! You're saying this... Jackson Mahomes is coming in? Oh gosh, <laughs> gross! Uh, this is one of the Pittsburgh Steelers is one of the worst playoff teams I've ever seen in my entire life, and it reminds me of like those Texan teams that like backed into the playoffs with no offense at all and it was just basically the 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 jj watt show and now it's the tj watt show um this pittsburgh team had no business being in the playoffs like they're so much worse than their record indicates that i'll be shocked if they get scored more than 20 points the only way i'll say this the only way they score more than 20 points is if their defense is putting some of those points on the on the board for them mm. uh big ben yeah. is just not good at all anymore the o-line sucks uh, Najee Harris has been very good, but he's so beat up at this point. He was injured last week. They had to brace his arm. Um, that was a nasty hyperextension of his arm that he took against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. So I don't know if he'll be catching the ball at all. Um, so they won't be doing those, uh, third and 10, uh, two yard flat throws to him at all. So that's one of their biggest, uh, game plan, uh, moves. So yeah, this, I just think it's just going to be a, a route. Like this is one of the most like disgustingly lopsided games that I think any of us have ever seen in the playoffs. Kevin. Yo, I'm not even going to watch this game to be honest. <laughs> because you'll be heartbroken after the Niners and Cowboys. Oh, well that too, but cause <laughs> I cannot, I cannot believe this game is on Sunday night. It just is mm. grotesque, grotesque. It's going to be an absolute obliteration. Uh, like, 20 points, Jared. They're not even going to score 13. His offense is putrid. And on third and 27, they throw one yard freaking flat to Pat Fryermuth or Najee <laughs> Harris. Yeah, well, that's the offense. Okay, so I don't think that's the play calling. I think that's Ben's ineptitude to get the ball downfield anymore. I mean, granted, yes, they shouldn't be, be they shouldn't be placed in any 20 yard plus to go situations on third down. But you got to get – I mean, you got to do better than just the, the dump off to the back in the flat or the tight end, like you said, running the one-yard out route with no one on him and expect him to pick up 20-plus yards. <laughs> the problem is, James, that every time Roethlisberger throws the ball, it looks like uh, a defender could, could jump the route at any point. Oh, yeah, there will be at least three picks in this game. Oh, 
Gosh. Um, the, the last time these two teams played was less than a month ago, uh, December 25th to be exact. And KC pretty much obliterated the Steelers 36 to 10. Um, here are some notes from, <laughs> from history. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has 450 plus passing yards and four plus TDs in each of his last two playoff games. They lost both of those. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 6-0 in the postseason versus QBs not named Tom Brady. He's 0-2 versus Brady. Uh, Roethlisberger is 3-4 in the wild card round, tied with Hall of Famers Peyton Manning and, and Andy Dalton for the most such losses in NFL history that not Dalton's not a Hall of Famer. Peyton Manning is. Uh, the Chiefs have allowed 10 points or fewer in five straight home games. That for us, longest streak in team <laughs> history. Yeah, I, I had to qualify that because it did just say HOF. <laughs> and then listed both quarterbacks' names. Uh, Dalton is not a Hall of Famer. We're not saying that. Played better but than yeah, Fields the, this year. So, look, I, <laughs> I don't expect... True. I don't expect a 26-point beating like last time. I mean, granted, they are returning to the scene of the last crime in Kansas City. I, I have to believe that Pittsburgh puts up more than 10 points. 13 is more than 10, by the way. So um, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And um, I'm not going to bash the Steelers anymore for fear that my mom may actually listen to this show. I've already apologized once. I don't want to have to do it again. Uh, <laughs> the injury... <laughs> The injury report. Hold up, your Chiefs. mom's a Steelers fan. My you're... mom is a diehard Steelers fan. Then um, how I'm... did you become an Eagles fan? Uh, I grew up in Washington D.C. and I hated Washington. And um, yeah, Randall Cunningham was the first African American, one of the two first African American quarterbacks I saw play. The other being Warren Moon. Great players. Love Randall Cunningham. Yeah, fantastic. I have Randall Cunningham on my mutt team. Serves me well. <laughs> The Chiefs injury report has running backs Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, toe and shoulder respectively. Tyreek Hill is questionable with a heel injury. The Steelers, um, apparently Juju Smith-Schuster has been seen at practice. Uh, doesn't say he's here. He's been designated to return from injury reserve, but he has been seen at practice this week. Uh, Buddy Johnson, their linebacker, is out as of this moment. He is on the COVID list. Uh, guard Trey Turner, running back Najee Harris are both listed as questionable. Harris, we already mentioned his elbow. Uh, the other guard, Kevin Dotson, has an ankle injury uh, and the 21-day window for his return from injury reserve is expiring this week. And Arthur Mullet, the cornerback, is questionable. Uh, he is in concussion protocol. The Juju. final game of Wild Card Weekend. On. What? Can I just say that Juju Smith-Schuster has a better career future in esports than the nfl he's a damn good tiktoker <laughs> moving on to monday night's <laughs> wild card game the on abc and espn at 8 15 the arizona cardinals who are eighth in our power rankings travel to the la rams who are sixth in our power rankings and only a handful of us are taking wait how many of us one two oh we're split Split three and three Cardinals and Rams. So, um, let's start with Neil on this one because I mean, you're taking Why the does Rams. Neil oh, always no. go first. Yeah, you can't go. I'm eating chocolate. Go somewhere and somebody else. Oh, fine then, Jared. Since you're taking the Cardinals, I just like Stafford is my boy. I, I've always said Why he's though? a top ten quarterback. I love him. He just what? played for the Detroit Lions. 
And but even though I've been watching him play this year and there's something wrong with Stafford, I don't really? know what it is. Now, now you realize there's something wrong with Stafford? I'm oh, sorry. Man, continue. The, like he's normally injured and we know about it, but this year, like he's not injured and there's just something off. But then part of me is like, always blaming. Injuries, wait, Jared. is it, is it, is it McVay's issue? Like, is it like a really complicated offensive scheme? And like Stafford's not like maybe the brightest quarterback and he can't like handle it. And the same thing happened with Goff. Like, I just don't understand. Like, like I know Goff's terrible. So that explains why he couldn't do the system, but Stafford Ouch. has the talent to do this, to do the system. But maybe he just doesn't have like the the football IQ. I don't I don't know what the disconnect is there. So I am even though the Rams have the much better team on paper, I am choosing the Cardinals because I think the Cardinals will win the turnover battle. And I think this is one of those games where whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win the game. And even though Donald's going to play lights out, Ramsey's going to shut down their best offensive player. I, I think that that the the Cardinals are going to be able to run a little bit of, around and and make enough plays, and Stafford's going to make a really stupid interception in the end zone, and that's going to cost them the game. MJ, uh, Matt Stafford's never won a playoff game in his life. It's not going to start this week, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, since plus, you're picking the Rams, plus, plus oh, wait, go ahead. he can't help but to throw interceptions. Mm. And he's going to throw at least two. One is probably going to be a pick six. The second is going to set up <laughs> a very easy touchdown for the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, that's a great point, MJ. Uh, as you as you'll know, MJ, that uh, Stafford ties the league with 17 interceptions. And you do have to ask yourself, is that really what the Rams traded all those picks for? The guy who leads right. the league in interceptions? It's crazy. They could have kept Jared Goff for all those picks he threw. Exactly. And he also led the league in pick sixes. Kevin? Um, I don't like the Cardinals. I don't think they're very good. Um, they have Is DeAndre Hopkins playing? I don't know. No, he's, not, um, he's, he's not clear to play this week. But they did beat Dallas a couple of weeks ago. Anybody remember that? I yeah, think well, I remember that, yeah. We're we're frauds, so that doesn't say anything. Um <laughs> and wasn't there wasn't there some sort of a stat behind Kyler Murray beating the Cowboys? Yeah, he's beat them twice. But he's also never lost in that He's stadium, also never he? lost in Texas Stadium. Yeah. Wow, who cares? Yeah, he's never Six lost of those wins Texas. are in high school. If he lost the high school game, he should be a disgrace. <laughs> Go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're only doing this because you're the Dallas fan. Um, and I might add one of those wins against the Cowboys was against Andy Dalton. But anyways, we move on. Um, <laughs> Isn't he a Hall of Fame quarterback, though? <laughs> yeah, I don't like the Cardinals. I think they're overrated. I knew they were overrated even when they started the season 8-0. They, they lost a lot of bad games in, in the latter half of the season. They lost to the Lions for Pete's sake. Uh, they lost to the Rams just a few weeks ago in what was not a particularly close game, despite the final score, I think. And Pete um, Carroll's uh, Seattle Seahawks. Don't forget that. Yeah. And they You're lost not talking about the Seahawks. Yeah, are they? Jeez. Basically, Kyler Murray's going to have to play like Superman to win. Um, don't think it happens. Christian Kirk is not going to be able to get the job done. AJ Green's not going to be able to get the job done. Zach Ertz is not going to be able to get the job done. James Conner, yeah, he's all right. 
I don't care that he scored so many touchdowns. He's just a blah player. Um, Chase Edmonds is better than him. Um, what else do I have to say about the Cardinals? Well, give the us rush- a list of other players who are not going to get the job done. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Um, the, the Cardinals' rush defense can be had. Their secondary is not particularly good either. They have a lot of suspect names back there. Cup's going to eat, that's for sure. Yeah, Cup's definitely going to eat. Um, I mean, what doesn't Cup eat? That is true, Maybe, yeah. maybe OBJ can get a touchdown. That would be fun to see. Um, not really. No, I think it will. Um, but what else? Yeah, Aaron Donald's going to destroy that line, like Jared said. I think it will be a close game just because the Rams, you know, they don't seem to blow anyone out. Um, but, yeah, I think they're just a better team than the Cardinals, better coach team, better players, and uh, they're playing at home. And I don't like the Cardinals for some reason. They rub me the wrong way. I don't like them. Yeah, I, look, I, I get that part. Um they only rubbed me the wrong way because of the way they went out and laid an egg the last week of the season. It was right there in front of them. The Niners did them a favor because the Niners had to win and get into the playoffs, and they beat the Rams. And then the Cardinals pretty much lay an egg against the Seahawks, and they could have won a division. The Cardinals could be hosting a game right now against the Niners as, by saying thank you, and the Rams should be on the road against Kevin's Cowboys, in which he might feel a little bit better about his team winning this week. But here we are. Um, look, I... Yeah, this game pretty much falls on Kyler Murray. And not just passing, he has to get it done running as well. Um, just to loosen up that Rams defense and keep them honest. They have to be threatened by his legs early and be worried about it for the rest of the game. And they also need to lean on their run game. Because, honestly, look, ever since they shut down Hopkins, the way they're running their pass offense is like Hopkins is still out there. And, you know, Kyler could get in trouble and throw it up in Hopkins vicinity and let him go get the ball or draw some type of pass interference. But Kirk and AJ green, aren't those wide receivers. They're, they're not going to fight for the ball and they're not going to beat their man unless their man is not paying attention to their assignment is Diggs, so, who plays for Dallas. So it doesn't help him for this game. So, I mean, look, these I games, respond to that. <laughs> they, the, uh, both the home, uh, what was it? Uh, the road teams won both these matchups. The Cardinals won 37 20 back in like week four. The Monday night matchup that's, that was later in the season in Arizona, the Rams won 30 23. So, um, look, I'm not saying both these offenses can't put up points, but one of these defenses is going to have to step up. And there are ways to beat the Rams defense. You can win by not throwing wherever. Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on the cornerback's Ram- name? Ramsey. Ramsey. Thank you. You you can you can throw away from Ramsey and still win the game, but you have to control Aaron. Or I shouldn't say control. Limit Aaron Donald up front. Um, Neil, you have anything else to add? Only that the Cardinals. Uh, you can always expect plenty of yards through penalties, James. They uh, they've had at least six penalties in each of the last five games. Uh, which leads the league. Uh, I would say J.J. Watt's going to be back for this game. Now, I don't know what impact he can make, but but maybe something on that defensive front for the for the Cardinals. And I guess for me, the big thing is there's no Hopkins, and I think he's the guy who, who mm-hmm. really brings that offense together. 
uh, and opens up so much for for the rest of the offense. Oh, tough divisional matchup here, James. Um, but I've, even though I'm like like MJ, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a Stafford fan. I do think the the Rams might just edge this one. Uh, but I, I can't agree with you guys. Neither of these two teams really inspires me to to think they can have a long run in the playoffs. All right. Uh, some random facts here for this game. This is the fifth playoff game on a Monday in the Super Bowl era. Three of the four previous games featured the Rams. Uh, the Cardinals this season have scored 26.4 points per game. The Rams, 27.1, <laughs> uh, have a 45.2% third down per, uh, percentage, 60% in the red zone. For the Cardinals, the Rams, 43.9% on third down and 60% in the red zone. So very similar stats here. Matthew Stafford is 7-63 and 63 in his career, including the playoffs, against teams that win 10-plus games that season, 2-5 and five this season. Uh, the Cardinals are the eighth team in NFL history to make the playoffs despite losing four games in December or January of that season. Stafford is also the fourth QB in the last 10 seasons to make the playoffs in a season with 17-plus interceptions. Only Hall of Famer Peyton Manning won a playoff game that season. And over the last eight seasons, there have been six matchups between the division opponents in the wildcard round. The lower-seeded team, the non-division winner, that is, are 5-1 and one in those matchups. So something uh, for the Cardinals fans out there to uh, hang their hats on. Uh, the injuries for this game, J.J. Uh, Watt was very limited in practice, though he is still listed as being on injury reserve. Whether he's been designated to return or not, still up in the air. Max Williams is still all, I uh, was activated from the reserve COVID list, but he is back on injury reserve. Running backs Jonathan Ward, Chase Edmonds, and James Conner are all on the injury report as questionable knee, ribs, and heel, respectively. Cornerback Marco Wilson, defensive end Jordan Phillips. Receiver Rondell Moore and tight end Demetrius Harris are all listed as questionable. For the Rams, uh, Jordan Fuller, their safety, was placed on injury reserve with his ankle. That is why they went out and signed former Rams Eric Weddle to fill that role. Uh, who knows how much of the playbook he remembers. Uh, he has not been in the league for two years now. Taylor Rapp also shows up as questionable. Matthew Stafford uh Injured his toe during in the game against the 49ers. He is listed as questionable as well, along with quarterback Darius Williams, who's been evaluated for a shoulder injury. Um, since the regular season is over and we're getting to the wild card round, something else we can look forward to, aside from coaching changes, is the draft. And in case you didn't know, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick, followed by the Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, New York Jets, and New York Giants rounding out the top five. Your Heisman, I believe, was it Bryce Young who won the Heisman this year? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was uh, Alabama. Alabama. Sucks. It was it was Bama. It was Bama's quarterback. I don't remember what his name is. But yeah, Bryce that's Young. Young. Yeah, that's yeah, Bryce Young. Bama's. Brian Young. And, 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 and Neil, you, you're one of our draft nicks here. What do you mean you 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 don't know what? What? I didn't say I didn't know. I said it was Young. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I can also tell you. I can also give you some breaking news that uh, that Evan Neal, the the left tackle for Alabama, will be the number one overall pick. That'd make me sad, but I would understand why. Well, I mean, your your offensive line is nothing 
to write home about. So, I mean, yeah, of uh, course, any lineman think, drafted before you all pick would be sad. I think if you want to say something positive about Seattle on this podcast, James, you'd have, hey! to, say that, uh, you'd have to say that having such a bad season, they've got a really high pick in the first round. They do oh, not oh, no. have oh, no. a first round oh, no. pick, Wait, they Neil, don't have you it, know this. They have Jamal Adams, and he is the best yeah. box safety in the league for rushing. Oh, we are not bashing the Seahawks. I mean, that, that, guy, that guy can stop the run. Wow. The Seahawks still have a couple more picks in that in this draft. They could they could put it together. Yeah. They can get some sort of sixth rounder, seventh. Hey, hey, Neil, Neil. While we have you here, you are one of our draft nicks. Who are some of the best prospects coming out in the draft this year that we can look forward to from the college ranks? Well, I think if you're looking at obviously we just mentioned Evan Neal there, the offensive tackle, uh, left tackle who Jared probably wants for his Giants team, and that would be a great selection. Uh, that would help keep uh, Daniel Jones upright to throw more interceptions. Yes, yes. <laughs> as long as he's upright, that's all I care about. Yeah. Then you're you're looking really at quite a few defensive backs here, James. You've got uh, Kyle Hamilton, who's uh, who's going to be an overrated bust safety who comes out. Ouch. Uh, from, from Notre Dame, you, you got Derek Stingley, who's been waiting to come out. He, he, I mean, he was ready for the NFL, what Last two year. years ago? Yeah, uh, two years even. Yeah, very, very good player. Uh, uh Kayvon uh, Thibodeau uh, at, at Oregon, the pass rusher. Uh, he's he's certainly somebody who could uh, uh, could could bolster any defensive front. Maybe a little bit light, James, to play defensive end, but as an outside linebacker, he uh, very very athletic player. Uh, and then Aiden Hutchinson, the uh, the defensive end from uh, from Michigan, who some people would rate as the number one player coming out. Uh, certainly a very uh, a, a sort of J, well, a TJ Watt sort of style guy. You know, very intense, high motor, high energy pass rusher. Uh, what about the uh, what about the other edge over there from Michigan? Yeah, you've got uh, David Ojabo, who is, of course is uh, is from uh, here in Aberdeen in Scotland. So uh, that is. Uh, Obviously, finally, we get some real proper athletes into the NFL uh, from <laughs> from the great country of Scotland, which is good news. Uh, and then if you're looking for a wide receiver, James, maybe a Garrett Wilson, uh, who you can watch uh, from Ohio State. Uh, and uh, Olav, of course, is the other Ohio State guy. I don't really like him very much, to be fair. And then quarterbacks, James, well... you might. I haven't heard much about quarterbacks this, it's, this it's year. It's that so. bad, James. You might even get drafted. Wow. <laughs> so so no quarterbacks worthy of first round grades uh, as of yet. We gotta wait to the combine. No, there, the there's a couple. Yeah, definitely. Pick pick yeah. pickett's gonna go in the first and um Coral's gonna go in the first, and then the uh, the other guy, I think the Cincy quarterback might also go in the first too, but none right of them are like none of them are like, oh, that guy is really good, he's a franchise quarterback. They're all kind of like, well, I mean, there's no one else to choose, so we might as well take him. Mm. Uh, I quite, I quite like uh, for the modern NFL game uh, Malik Will- Malik Willis, who I think uh, has that uh, uh, real good athletic running ability to add to his to his passing. Uh, I, th- I think he'll probably. I mean, I think at the end of the day, James, you know what it's like. You start off at this time of the year, like. Uh, like Jared saying, where there's two or three, you think, yeah, maybe go middle to the late first round. You end up with four guys, four or five guys going in the first round, and some of them in the top top 10, 15. So it's, it's, it'll all ramp up as the draft process goes. But right now, Washington pick, I think, number 11. I'd be very disappointed if they just chose a quarterback at number 11. 
They might. Ouch. And then you, you have the Steelers who will be picking uh, late in the round, and they'll probably mm-hmm. take a quarterback. And then you have the Seahawks who could trade up into the end of the first to take a quarterback and trade Russell Wilson to the Giants, which would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, way to get two for one there, Jared. All right, we're <laughs> yeah. going to wrap this up and shut this down. Uh, I, I think we've, we've said more than enough about a little bit of everything here, and I'm pretty sure we, we don't need to be bashing the Seahawks any further than we already had. So with that said, uh, final thoughts on this weekend's wildcard games. MJ. Um, I'm looking forward to some good football, and I'm looking uh, really forward to seeing Matthew Stafford lose yet another playoff game. <laughs> Kevin. I'm very much looking forward to, to this weekend. You know, this is what it all comes down to. Hopefully I'll be on some hallucinogenics. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> but who knows, really? I don't know what the future holds for me. Um, <laughs> J- Jared. <laughs> I, I am I am along I'm rooting with every team in the playoffs right now. Every AFC team is hoping and praying that the Steelers win. That would be an insane upset. And every NFC team is hoping the Eagles win. I would love to see some upsets. I don't think they're gonna happen, but that, that would mix for some fun football. One pick one team to win this weekend. Since you already picked Arizona, I'm gonna pick the 49ers. <laughs> oh, as your lock of the week? <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Kevin. Nice one, MJ. <laughs> well, it's obviously the Chiefs, and if it's not the Chiefs, the Bills are going to absolutely scrape the Patriots with that scrub-ass quarterback that they got out there. <laughs> Jared. Uh, I mean, if I can't choose Kansas City, give me the Raiders. Take it home. Wow. Lock of the week. Nice one. And Neil? Other than the Chiefs, oh, the Chiefs! I'll go uh, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, James. I think uh, I, I kind of quite like the idea of uh, of the well, uh, the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are probably the the everybody the romantic pick, aren't they? Really, the Raiders, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good for Monty. Do it for Monty. Let's put it this way. When the Chiefs and, uh, excuse me, when the Bengals and the Raiders do t- uh, kick off this weekend, I-, I will have a nice cold one in my hand for Monty. So um, with that being said, for Kevin, for MJ, for Neil and Crazy Jarrett, I'm James <laughs> signing off for this wildcard weekend. We'll see you next week to preview the uh, divisional rounds and keep you up to date if any of these coaching vacancies get filled. And we are done here. Trying to do the challenge of finding the mysterious pod. Is there somebody else here now? Oh, Jesus. Nice, dude. Let's go. <laughs> Get out of my face. I'm running out of breath and also out of energy. I'm going to see you later. Bye. James, I'm watching him. It's certainly I can't see his hands, so I'm a little bit worried. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, Just please edit this out. Please. <laughs>